Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Rebecca Vexler, the 26-year-old founder of Sol, an eco-friendly, reusable cups and bottles brand. Rebecca shares her advice on creating a sustainable brand, how to ensure you have a unique product, and why it's important for all businesses to be environmentally friendly. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hello. I am really, really good. It is so beautiful in Sydney today, so I'm smiling. <laughs> yes, it is very beautiful. Blue skies is our favorite. <laughs> great to have you. So Exactly. How are you guys? We're, we're great. So we're although we're all in Sydney, we're actually in separate locations because I understand you're a very busy woman. So tell us about you, how you founded Soul Cups and your career so far and how you became the woman you are today. I love this question because I never know where to start <laughs> and so much has happened in such a small amount of time but I will I will talk you through a little bit of the sort of shorter sweeter version and it started when I was about 18 and I became a personal trainer mm-hmm. and that was my first career and I was so deeply passionate about people about inspiring those around me, about motivating people to be the best version of themselves. And my own journey of health and wellness began from there as well. And everything was running really well. I was managing gyms. I was an expert in sales everywhere I worked. I was scaling really fast. I was actually starting my own new business, which was in workshops and mental health, delivering incredible sessions through universities, schools, corporate spaces. I was managing these gyms. I had all these clients and everything was just so exciting and overwhelming. And at the same time, I decided it would be smart to go back to uni, which definitely was not smart. (laughs) And I actually got incredibly sick. So I The short version is I woke up one day and I couldn't walk. I was in the worst amount of pain you could ever imagine. Yeah, it was, I mean, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. Mm. And it essentially was an autoimmune disease, which escalated into um, chronic pain. And I was in a wheelchair for a while. I was with walking stick. I was trying to rehabilitate and focusing on my health. And of course, because of that, I had to close all the businesses and stop everything. That's terrible. That must have been so hard, both physically and more mentally, I've, I'm imagining. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't even imagine. Obviously, with that, it impacts your mental health detrimentally. It um, you know, impacts your whole life. What are you going to do next? What do you do now? How do you move forward from this? Because you can imagine I also didn't really know what was wrong with me and doctors had no idea. So it was this ridiculous journey of, oh my God, like what, what now? Mm -hmm. Um, And within all of that, obviously, you know, you don't lose your passion for people. You don't lose your passion for business. And 
I just couldn't sit still. I couldn't not do anything and I couldn't not focus on getting better. So Soul Cups was literally an accident. Hmm. It was not something I woke up and said, okay, that's it, I'm doing cups. Like (laughs) it was this wonderful journey of natural evolution, of design, of creativity, of doing something positive every day while I was, you know, in and out of hospital and in bed all day. And it just, it happened. And it was just the most beautiful timing and beautiful experience. And what gave you the idea for Soul Cups? I mean, what does, because it's S-O with a capital L, isn't it? What does that stand for? Soul is sun in Spanish and a few other languages. Hmm. And it's just a beautiful play on words um, as well as design. So if you have a look at the products themselves, if you hold them to the light, you can see the logo um, sort of shining through the zigzags behind the silicon and it looks like the sun setting in the waves. Wow. And that was just a beautiful representation. Yeah, of like, like earth and planet and sea and environment. Beautiful. So you're, so you basically, are you saying that you came up with the idea and then started this business while you were sick, basically? Like you were dealing with this autoimmune disease or how did that happen? Pretty much. (laughs) Um, It was something that I really love aside from, you know, the fitness industry and, and empowering people and inspiring people business, obviously, is I love design. I love homewares. I love beautiful things. I love sustainable things. And this wonderful concept of glassware came into my life, creating beautiful, gorgeously designed ergonomic glassware. And it just evolved naturally to becoming this incredible product that was so versatile, that was solving problems on me. But it also gave me this platform to create uh, you know, a, a stand for education. It created itself as a platform for education, sorry, to better say. Mm. Um, so it allowed me that space and environment to share my knowledge of all things that I'm passionate about and to create positive experience, to educate those around me on both sustainability and health and actually build a business that was successful. That's amazing. So you so you believe so passionately in the environment and, and did this all this from like your hospital bed. I mean, how, how are you now? Are you, are you kind of dealing with your autoimmune um, illness? Have, have you like found ways to manage it or does it still affect your daily life? Absolutely. I mean, the wonderful thing about holistic health is there's always solutions and that is my mantra in itself. There's always a solution and mm-hmm. it all starts with your mindset. Mm-hmm. it's all possible to, to solve internally. And, and it comes down to understanding your gut health, understanding your hormones, understanding your body, what other external circumstances you can focus on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't even know there's something wrong with me at the moment. I'm, I'm in such a better place. Obviously, I can't exercise like I used to, but it's more about mental health rather than, you know, competing. And, and that's the other thing. I used to compete. I used to train. I used to do bodybuilding. I used to, you know, I was working crazy hours. Yeah. I was working four in the morning until God knows what time, juggling so many things. And it was my body's way of saying, hey, Rebecca, sit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just listening to your body now. How is So you've gone from one space to a completely different space, right? Like if you even like think about the psychology behind fitness competitions and how easy, like when I watch this kind of world go on because we live in a place where 
it's really dominant. Um, I could, I, as an outsider, think about how easily it could go into a negative space, like an obsession almost. Mm-hmm. And you went from that to just creating something that makes the world a better place, like a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's a dramatic shift in so many ways. What was that like? I mean, I could not have said it better myself. That is literally it. Um, the fitness industry, especially where my headspace was at at the time, I was addicted. I was unwell. It, it was unhealthy. It was not sustainable. I was living off coffee and pre-workout and <laughs> training until I was fainting. Oh and it was horrible. And And it's just not the way I wanted to live my life anymore, but my body had to basically collapse for me to actually listen to it and mm-hmm. realize that if I didn't change my entire life immediately, I was not going to have a long life. Yeah. I, I Dude, I went through something very similar. Like when I was in my 20s, I used to run con- like to where I was almost nothing. And I went to a personal trainer once and he's like, Nat, you can't lose any more body fat. You just can't do it. Mm. And I think there's something that, especially, I don't know if it has to do with being ambitious as well. Like when you're ambitious as a personality type and get kind of lost in that fitness world and kind of take it too far. But how, you know, it's it's interesting to me that you said your body had to collapse for you to, to actually listen to it. It's I think so many women accidentally get into that space and then have to climb out of it emotionally and, you know, mental health wise and physically and all of that stuff. And how amazing that you filtered that into or, or fuel, use that to fuel, I guess, this new business. How incredible. I, I think you're so spot on again. It's so relevant and it's such an important conversation because the reality is it's my personality type. It's I'm driven, I'm passionate, I'm excited and often easily addicted to things in terms of achieving goals and succeeding and having that ambition. Mm -hmm. And that's the world that we live in right now, right? We're Mm -hmm. never good enough. We're never doing enough. We're never showing that we're doing enough because that's social media. Mm. And it's just finding that true connection to yourself and realizing what is actually important, what actually matters. And can I actually learn to listen to my body? And Rebecca, you're 26, right? I am. (laughs) Oh, my God. How did you learn all of this at 26? (laughs) I'm 36 and I'm just now like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Honestly, I feel like I'm 56 based on what I've been through. It's just, I think it's really great that you, you've you you've got this like wisdom of life already and like you're channeling your energy into creating a product and a brand that is so passionate about the environment. Do you believe that from going through the autoimmune illness and all of that terrible time that that's actually made you more passionate about looking after the environment and looking after the planet? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been through a lot of health issues from a really young age and everything that I've been through just keeps on reminding me how connected we are to the environment itself. And it really comes down to how we appreciate food, how we appreciate our body, where this source of nutrients comes from and how it's respected back and forth. Because 
you know, if you're going to eat processed foods and crap, it's going to impact your body, your health, your mindset, Mm -hmm. your hormones. It's bad for the environment. It creates more packaging. It's unsustainable. So it's, it's creating that wonderful connection between earth and body, sustainability and health and how it is so deeply connected. And it's just coming to terms with all of that, I think can really help a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, when you were starting Soul Cups, obviously, so it's kind of glassware to stop people from having like single use coffee cups and and all of this. What were kind of, I feel like businesses now kind of need to be sustainable. It's where we, we all need to go in that direction. It's what consumers are demanding as well. What were some of the obstacles that you found when you were sourcing materials for Soul Cups? I love this question because I I talk a lot about authenticity and ethical manufacturing because it's something a lot of people don't understand, Mm -hmm. nor do they want to, because it's so much easier to just jump onto Alibaba, pick a product that already exists, who cares where it's made, who cares how it's made, Mm. and pick a packaging that's already, you know, pre-designed and there you go, you're a business owner and you can sell it online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what people need to understand is there's this element of conscious consumerism that is coming forth that is really being heightened now because we're an educated era. Everything is accessible to us. So it's really important as a business owner to have that level of responsibility and value system where when you go and you're sourcing products and you're sourcing goods to be manufactured you're actually considering the holistic approach mm-hmm. who is making it are they treated well are they being paid well is it a ethical environment what is the material like where is it being sourced from how is it being manufactured are there middlemen involved how is packaging manufactured like there's just this endless list of things to consider mm-hmm. and that comes down to how present you are the relationship you have relationship you have with your manufacturers and how transparent they are and building those relationships. Like you don't just trust what an email says. You should go and visit the factories and build relationships and understand your suppliers. Yeah, and on that, so are you using Australian suppliers? Um, You mentioned obviously you live in Sydney or are you going to manufacturers and suppliers um, in Asia or around the world? So we, we produce all of our goods through Asia and we always have. And that's because that's what I know and that's what I understand. That's mm-hmm. my family's history, our family business. And unfortunately for what we're producing, which is hand-blown glass, mm-hmm. it's not possible to do it in Australia. Yeah. If, if I could find manufacturers that could produce 100% hand-blown glass on the quality and the you know, expectations that I have for this value... Um, then I would produce here. But unfortunately, it's not possible. And maybe that's something we can all work on as the economy changes now. Mm, yeah, definitely. But I think that that is one of the big problems is it's either not available or it's so expensive that it's not actually viable for a business to produce locally, even if that's your best intention. Um, but you mentioned about not Absolutely. just going straight Absolutely. to Alibaba or AliExpress or one of these you know, kind of warehouses of cheaply made goods. Where did you find your suppliers? So that is a wonderful journey where you actually have to travel. (laughs) You have to actually go and meet and, you know, go to trade shows and set up meetings with different manufacturers and producers and 
spend the time and effort because that's what gets the quality and that's mm. what keeps quality control. And we, so all of our goods are not pre-created. They are hand designed by myself and my team. Everything is unique. Nothing is a mold that was produced that you can just go and purchase and put your brand on it. And that is what was so vital for me. Everything had to be hand developed, hand designed and unique and new for me because I wanted to solve specific problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so right. And then, of course, you don't have any copycats because you're not just doing something that someone else has done. It's all unique to your brand and your business. It gives you that unique edge. That's exactly right. And that's what I think a lot of new businesses don't understand is that if you just jump into the industry, create something that already exists and just with a new logo, you become a me too company. They essentially become unsustainable in all essence of the word because no one can survive in that environment because they're all, like you said, just competing for price in the end. And it just mm-hmm. devalues every essence of the concept. Makes a lot of sense. So I, so, well, this is quite like a large, broad question and you might not have the answer. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, with Soul Cups, you're encouraging people to stop using single-use plastic um, and, you know, reuse cups and take them to the coffee shop and, and not have kind of disposable items. But how do you think we can change consumer behaviour at large to not have single-use plastic? Do you think this has to be an issue where drinks companies need to actually stop um, producing, you know, like Coke bottles kind of thing and, and actually everyone goes to a dispenser? Is Is that something that you see in the future for... Um, companies like yours where you're, you know, doing reusable um, cups and stuff? It's a very broad question and it is a challenge because the reality is it is the core of all the issues is the consumer behavior. It's not that the companies are never going to stop. The mm-hmm. big corporates, the ones that are producing the waste, they're not stopping anything. They will continue as they go because it's profitable to them and they don't hold their value system strong in that space. It's not relevant for them because it hasn't impacted them. Mm -hmm. What needs to change is that consumer behavior. It's supply and demand. So -hmm. if we as a consumer environment can learn to make these immediate changes individually, you will see the ripple effect. You will see the domino effect, but there needs to be enough of us independently making change and that change is very small and very achievable and that's what people need to understand it's it's I think the responsibility responsibility of my business to support the education of these consumers so they can begin to make more conscious decisions and that can be when you go to the coffee shop and you forget your coffee coffee cup sorry your reusable coffee cup make a rule where if you don't have your reusable you don't have a coffee Mm -hmm. that's it's a really fast way to learn your lesson. Yeah. Um, but it's achievable and it's doable and you can create wonderful little competitions and games within your corporate spaces about sustainability. You can have team building around, you know, clean up beach day and you can have all these wonderful little experiences where they make you feel good. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic for your self-esteem, for your, you know, mental health, for your environment around you. It'll ripple on through your day. You'll be excited about doing these little actions and you want to share them with people around you. And we hope through that you create long-term change 
and mindset change. That's such great insight and advice. I think it's so relevant as well. I think it's interesting because veganism, for as an example, was so niche and kind of, you know, like looked down on by like the mass market. But in the last couple of years with, you know, programs on Netflix and, and just more education about plant-based diets, um, more people have turned to plant-based eating and that's meant that con- um, brands have responded by actually making more plant-based meals and products and it's more visible. And that's, I think, a great example of how you described where when as a whole consumer behaviour changes, that influences that supply and demand and that's how we can really influence larger corporations to be more eco-friendly. A hundred percent. And it, you can actually think of it in a really simple way. We, we see this time and time again. There's constant fads, right? There's constant obsessional concepts and industries and markets that keep popping up and trends that keep popping up. And it's because the conscious consumer takes action and there's a ripple effect because we connect to our immediate community, our immediate circle. We create change and we create influence. We're now supported by social media so it's easier to create influence and inspire those around us Mm -hmm. in whatever way that is and when that spreads big enough the companies at the top go oh my god okay okay everyone's talking about vegan right now let's change all our products to be vegan and there you go (laughs) it's so much easier than we think we just have to actually take the action from an individual place first and then we influence our community around us yeah I completely agree. So Rebecca, we always like to have a bit of an advice and tips section because there's many listeners who are either starting businesses who have their own business. Um, what are your tips for starting an eco-friendly business these days and, and bringing out product of your own? Great question. Um, and I think this re- re- will connect to anyone starting a business, not just a sustainable one in essence. And I always say when you start something yes. new, when you're creating a new product product or project, you really want to think about what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? What am I incredibly good at and what do I need support with? And start there. And that's how you you build your base team and build your circle because whatever you're not not good at, you're going to hire or you're going to ask for support or seek support or mentorship. And the other element is you need to really connect to what the concept is. It really needs to personally be connected to your value system. Because if you're not passionate about it, if it's not authentic, if you're not solving the problem in your own life, then you're not going to connect to your community. You're not going to connect to your consumer. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not solving a problem, if you're not unique, if you don't stand for what you believe in, why would anyone else believe you? And that's really where you want to start. It has to really mean something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, how true. Like it starts within you, right? Like mm-hmm. the best products are just authentic and just built out of passion. And I think that's so awesome that you've recognized that. And that's probably why Soul Cups is so, you know, successful mm-hmm. and everybody loves them. I've got like four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are the best. <laughs> Thank you. What's your mission for Soul Cups? What, how do you see this company growing over the next 10 years? Our mission is quite simply to stop plastic production. That's the big picture, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the story that we really want to share. We want people to be so educated and so consciously aware that they are in control of how they 
understand sustainability and the purchases they make are the right thing for the environment and the world around them. So we want to help support this concept of stopping plastic production altogether because we don't need it. We've got enough. And in terms of the immediate future, I think it's just really honing into this product range that we have, developing some amazing new products that can solve more problems um, in the home. So really taking on this homewares industry and keep creating beautiful things that people really connect to. That's amazing. I'm so excited to see that all pan out. (laughs) I think you're a really incredible person. And you're also on the Bondi Chamber of Commerce. Is that correct? Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I am. I am. I'm the vice president of the chamber at the moment. And it's it's just a beautiful community to be part of and be able to give back in, in other ways. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca. It's been so great to speak with you. It's really inspired me, that's for sure. My absolute pleasure. Beautiful. Well, if someone wants to shop, and are Soul Cups able to be purchased globally? We are in the US with a wonderful distributor called One Less Eco which you can purchase from. Otherwise, you can buy from the soulcups.com website for the rest of the UK, Europe, New Zealand, and Australia. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, if someone wants to follow you on socials, is it soulcups on Instagram or what's your handle? That's the one, soulcups. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. We've loved having you on the show and keep in touch. Thank you so much. So, so beautiful of you. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current US pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.